This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to episode 16 of the One Was Had a Dream podcast. As ever, I am going to be joined by Danny Baker uh, and our special guest today is Rob Salem, the jester. We're going to be discussing on tonight's podcast, we're going to be discussing the games against Portsmouth and Crewe. We'll move on to Ayo Bassel. Is his petulance going to cost us points or is it something that you still want to see in his game? We're going to discuss where is Mbudi? Where has he gone? Right. Day. Let's get that quick. Right. Is he still about? Where is he? And then we're going to discuss the 92 football clubs because Rob has gone to all of them. Uh, and we're going to be discussing the 92 clubs, what me and Danny have done uh, and just how it works because I'm not 100% on it. And then we'll preview the Fleetwood game. But yeah, let me welcome, as usual, Danny Baker and our guest, Rob. How are we, boys? Good, good. How are you doing, Lee? Very well, thank you. I'm obviously fabulously, absolutely fabulous. Glad that you, after three or four months you can pronounce all our players correctly. It's really, really warming. Is there anything better, lads, than a Tuesday night, cold game, wrapped up, probably had something dodgy to eat on the way in, win 3-2 and go home? Is there anything better than that? Happy days. That's what we're after. It's, that was the first home league win I've seen for 30 years because I missed the Oxford game. So under the lights, freezing cold with my nice new boots on. Fantastic. Also, Dan, you just made me realise I forgot to say we are going to be discussing the queues at the game and oh, the queues right, at okay. time because you talk about there's a family food. still waiting to get in at the ground. Yeah, there's, there's a, someone's still queuing up for a pie at the moment. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably Gary Milson. <laughs> They're still changing the barrel. <laughs> Gary Milson's at the club now, seeing if uh, someone's answered his Facebook post. But, uh, and also, it's nice that Rob actually asked me how I am. Usually, none of the guests ever actually ask me how I am. It's always how, how Danny is, but thanks, You always look worried, Lee. We always know you look worried, so I just bring that up, boys. I was thinking you're looking good. I just wanted to confirm if you're feeling good, too. <laughs> thanks, mate. Right, thanks, should I, yeah. Should I leave you two on your own for a bit? <laughs> well, he's seen your haircut, Dan, so that's why. <laughs> no, he, ain't that. he ain't getting any <laughs> no. better, is it, over the weeks? Oh, Jesus. It's like a... A, doc, an, a documentary my hair it just it's a horrendous effort old lego head anyway right what was the first subject so we're going to be discussing Portsmouth and crew uh Portsmouth uh I thought we played with a lot of effort uh, uh without real 
quality. At Portsmouth, you could see they were a touch above us, really. They had, what, I'd say seven, eight great chances that yeah. Zanev kept us in the game. I actually thought Zanev was at fault for the first goal. I think he should save that, but then you can't really have a go at the kids when he saved three or four one-on-ones. Dan, you was there, so what do you think? There. I thought the first thing I thought was that the fans were fantastic, particularly the rally cry that Robbo gave before having a thousand people in there. And by the way, as you know, I have always been very keen to support the club in different ways. There was a great gesture before the Portsmouth game. Um, a guy who came on the pod a couple of weeks ago, Dan Lewis, brought his um, his little girl to the game. And I just thought, you know what, I'll embarrass her. So I started shouting at Bezo. I was like, Bezo, it's the first ever game. The guys clapped, all the crowd clapped. And we were just thought, oh, that's lovely. We sat down, 2V, ran around, all the players signed a programme and gave it to the little girl. I mean, we always talk about that balance, don't we, between being a that super slick Premier League club and that community club. And that's the constant thing I always think, would we, I don't know another club would have done that. And bearing in mind, there was, there was also in the week, I think a gentleman mentioned about a friend of theirs who might have passed away and there was a big day out on the day of the funeral, might have been the crew game. Just some of the great stuff that the club does, whether or not we'd be able to do that if we wanted to go a different route, maybe, you know, externally owned, etc. But I thought that was a lovely touch. But I thought Portsmouth was decent. I thought we were worked really, really hard. I, I don't necessarily agree. I was standing with a couple of guys and it was, um, I didn't overly agree with, a lot of criticism was chucked at Robbo, um, particularly around substitutions, which I thought was a bit harsh. Um, but I thought, I, to be honest, as I said on the pod last week, Portsmouth was a free hit for me, despite what you think, Lee. And I think that we actually played really well. And I, I, I don't think anyone who watched it there would have thought that we were um, that we we deserved to lose, but um, I don't know what you think, Rob. Was it a free hit? Do you think Portsmouth or do you think we should have? You Stop know, saying it. Worth something? Are you a free hit kind of man? Stop saying it. Stop saying it. The thing is about free hits, of course, is those are the ones sometimes we get points off. Uh, this is an unusual season that we beat two of the two worst teams in the league. Normally, we will chip off points off our free hits. So. Not really a free hit man, I'm afraid, Danny. Not really. <laughs> There's no um, such thing as a free hit, that's why. On my own in the free hit room at the minute, I think. But uh, we were good though. We were decent. That, Danny, you're going to cost the club an absolute fortune now. Because no. any anyone who's bringing their kids to football, even if they've been to their 15th game, they're just going to go, ah, it's my boy's first game. And then they're going to hope that they get a signed programme out of it. Go on, Rob. Go on. Well, I didn't see it, but did you hear last night or see last night at the end of the, was it the City game and the Liverpool game? It seems like those big clubs, some uh, dads send their little kids onto the pitch to try and get shirts. I don't know what's going on there. And then the the players actually go and give them a shirt, which is going to make more little kids run onto the pitch. I don't get that. Another thing that needs to be banned for football, and if you bring it to football, I don't care if you're a kid. If you bring a, if you bring a cardboard thing saying... Uh, Ollie Palmer, can I have my shirt? You should automatically get five stewards handing you out. I don't care if you're like eight years old. You're well, out. You're on a lifetime There was a little band. lad at Portsmouth who was desperate for a sale shirt. But I do think Wimbledon could do potentially like a your first game badge, just a little cheeky memento for anyone who comes new, just to say that was my first game with a date on it. I would have loved one. I was a little kid. Just a little that's, tiny that's, little thing that you can pick up. I feel that was quite. That would have been quite cute. That's a good idea. And Terry's badges should jump on that. Actually, well, no, he'd be. Doing loads of them, wouldn't he? How many first bads are? But yeah, remember, Dan, it costs all money, mate, and we ain't got a lot of money. I know that, but it's so. but if you if you look after them the first time, 
you're gonna keep you're gonna keep fans for a long time. But you but are I, having a, you are having a laugh with the free hit stuff, and I know it's a joke, but there was no free hit. As I said, I thought Portsmouth just had better quality in, in and around them. Unfortunately, look at the second goal they they run through a midfield. There is a handball if you've seen the replay. There is a handball in it. It could have been ball, like a free kick to us, but as it's going so quickly, he runs through and he has a shot and no one's there to tackle him. And I I, I kind of agreed with people regarding Robbo's uh, substitutions. I thought they were wrong, but then you don't know how tired McCormick and Palmer are. Honestly, by 75 minutes, Lee, they, everyone was puffing and we were looking around thinking, OK, we did the usual Wimbledon, get the 65, exactly the same as Crew, to be honest. Got to that point. Oh, God, we've got something to lose here. Let's start going backwards. Everyone started retreating. Everyone started coming on. And it just got to that point where we're thinking, do you know what? We had huffed and puffed. And there's no, as we said before, Lee, and I'm sure, Rob, you'll agree, there's no doubt that this the, the team who are playing, effort is there. There's no doubt. We, we can moan about the wardrobes we used to have in certain midfield and everyone else. This team, regardless of the experience, they, they run their socks off. And there's no one in the team who you think, are shy of effort, maybe quality, yes, but in terms of general commitment, those guys were there. I thought the effort was fantastic. I thought the energy was good. I thought the performance was good. And for me, what we wanted to have was a real bit of momentum, which I thought we took into into that um, crew game. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, very, very promising. And particularly someone like Osu, who's been, uh, and we'll talk a bit about him about crew, but Brim, been out the team, coming at right back. I thought we did an excellent job. Osu's like a new signing at the moment. We're saying we've needed players and stuff like that. It's like a brand new signing for us. But again, going back to the substitutions, you were saying we look leggy and stuff like that. We look tired after 75 minutes. So why not bring on Mbude? Mbude? I don't know. I heard it's Mbude, bloke. I think maybe the answer for not bringing on Mbude is uh, because he is the new Aziz. Uh, he looks quick. He looks really exciting, but when he gets the ball in the key areas, he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, that that he came on. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. He came on at Bolton. He scored an amazing goal, and we thought, "This is it. He is the 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 mutts nuts. We're away here." But actually, since then, he's had a couple of decent runs. In fact, quite a few decent runs. But at the end of it. His brain isn't fast. His feet are faster than his brain. Yeah. And that's why he's not quite the super sub that I think after Bolton we were all hoping he'd be. No, I agree. As I said, we'll talk about him later on in the episode regarding Asal and uh, Mbudi. But, we'll, uh, as I said, we're talking about subs and Robbo's subs. I, I just think if, you, if you're tired and you want, if you're going backwards, 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 bring on a little bit of pace to get us out of the trouble. I just don't think Pre it was Presley's game. And if you're going to play Presley, I think you need to play him with Oli Palmer in that game against Palmer because they've got two centre-backs. not going to finish 90 minutes for the rest of the season. Do no, I, I get... Am I talking rubbish? Or is that a jet? I mean, he's not going to finish 90 minutes, is he? Ever. I get They're that, going to wrap him in cotton wool. Presley's not Palmer, he, though. No, but the moment he comes off Palmer, same on, Saturday, same on Tuesday. Palmer goes off. We retreat. Presley can't keep hold of the ball. Runs around. Done some good flick-ons. But the moment that Palmer's off the pitch, the two centre-backs get a bit more play and we retreat. But we've and spoke about Presley before. Presley's not a holder. He's not going to hold up the ball. He's not a Palmer. He needs to play with a Palmer because I think he'll get goals I then. totally agree. And, totally and we're playing agree, a totally wrong game with Presley. But, but if, we, if we move... We, Portsmouth, we lost and everything. If we move on to Crew, 
I was actually disappointed with Crew in the end. I thought we played really good stuff. I thought we played really well. But if we had come off and we'd won five or six one, you wouldn't have gone, oh, that's a shock. Because we absolutely battered Crew. Yep. For low. Coming off 3-2 and, and a sale getting sent off, you're thinking... That just looks like we we kind of just got away with one there, which it never we absolutely battered them. And you got to be disappointed with Crew or delighted with Crew or in the middle. I was delighted with it to be honest. Um, it's we needed the three points after losing, getting that kick in the teeth at Pompey in uh, in the what was it 89th, 90th minute. Yeah, we just needed the three points and uh, to show resilience. And they showed they they showed they went one down, even though I thought we were in control of the game when we went one down. And they showed they've got the resilience to keep playing, albeit crew, I think, were even worse than Donny. Yeah. And possibly yeah. as bad as Lincoln. Um, but I, th I think it was great because actually on another day, we are going to win that sort of game 5-1. We just couldn't, we couldn't find the net. And actually, to be fair to their defenders, they made some fantastic blocks. The keeper made a couple of saves. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with that. I've got a question, the question in there that said, like, oh, are you happy or not? Of course you're going to be happy. That's a, that was a ridiculous question there. Well, you, me, making, me look, delight, making me look bad then. You just said that you were delighted with the performance and all of a sudden you started backtracking about... No, no, I was, I was delighted and I was obviously happy. Right, three so points we're, is, we're all over the moon about the we need, We needed three points and we said right. out the two games, if we could get three points, we'd be chuffed to bits. But I was annoyed that we took, we had 25 shots... And we only scored three. We only had six on target and scored three goals. That was a bit yeah. disappointing with the play that we have, with the attacking threat that we have. Uh, I think Crew are probably one of the worst teams I've seen what for has many years. To Errol Thomas, by the way, Mikey, <laughs> too good for us. I used to really rate him, and I, yeah, on um, Tuesday I was like, "What is going on?" They were all over the shop at the back. I thought, but I thought um, Asal's best game in ages. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, similarly, uh, he, he's got. He's got what it takes against teams that play on the play on the back foot that pass it around. I'm amazed. Lincoln did exactly the same, passing it on their own six yard line. And Asal's great on that high press. Yeah. Uh, and in that formation, I think when they when the other team are dominant and they're not playing it quite like that at the back, it's much harder for Asal to get into the game. Asal was a weird one because the two games, Asal had 16 touches against Portsmouth. That's all he had. Against Portsmouth, against Crew, he has fifty touches and ninety-two point one percent pass accuracy. Do you know what I mean? So we got him on the ball a lot more against Crew because we knew he was going to be a threat. I thought Radoni was the best player on the park yeah, for us against Crew. I thought he's brilliant. Uh, assist the goal, Palmer. I love the shit houseery of Palmer. That's yeah. the Palmer I love. I don't like the Palmer that gets deliberately misses games because he don't, he wants to play against Arsenal. But the shit as we were Palmer, I absolutely loved that he was getting called a fat bastard, scores two goals in front of the crew fans and uh, lifted up to show his uh I tell you physique. what, as well, though, special mention to Osu, right back. I mean, I thought he was I thought he was fantastic. Not just the way that he defended and the way that he tapped right-footed crosses. He's obviously a left-footer. Pace all game. Didn't get out-muscled. I thought, for me, we always talk about how good Henry Lawrence is, and I, I really rate Henry Lawrence, but Osu has, has chucked in a complete curveball for me. I think he was, I thought he was absolutely brilliant on Tuesday and we, I thought he was really good on uh, on Saturday. But what I like about Osu now is could we play him as a winger now and then put Henry Lawrence's right back and then Osu in the Asal role if Asal needs to be dropped or given a little bit of time off, which we'll talk about in a minute. And and actually that comes back to Mabude, who we'll talk about in a minute. 
because actually Osu can play that role, um, especially late on against tiring legs. Um, that's an alternative. I think that the other thing as well I was going to mention, special mention to Jocka. I know people are like, oh, I don't know. I think he's I think he's improving slowly each game in a tricky position with two of our better, higher profile sort of homemade players. We've both been quite critical. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a finished article, but fair play to him. I thought he was good at Portsmouth. I thought he was pretty solid actually on uh, on Tuesday. I think I think I've been really impressed because I thought he was the weakest link in the whole squad. Yeah. And so he was forced in because of injury. Um, so I've been really impressed. Unfortunately, for my really positive uh, rating of him, looking again at the at the goals, he was completely responsible for the second one. And actually, I wouldn't say completely responsible for the first, but actually when the ball for, when the ball came in, he tried to stick it, he stuck a leg out and he couldn't direct it. And it went back to a crew player and they did the triangle effectively around Chocker and scored. I'll get my coat. I'll just get my coat. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I've got to say, I've, I've been very critical of Dan Shocker. As I said, I always used to call him Dan Shocker. But I wouldn't have had him near the team. But I've got to say, yeah, he's done really well to get himself in. I know it's become for injuries and I think he's taken it. And again, he is at full percent goal, but then he's going to make mistakes. That's why he's playing League One football. If he was yeah. better, Wolves wouldn't have got rid of him. I think we just need to be patient with him now because there is a player there. I really do believe there is a, a decent player in Dan Shocker now that he can he can play. And I think the difference this season compared to the last several seasons, I don't know about you two, but I'm confident that Robbo is the man to make him a better, pl a better player. Um, and so I'm quite confident that he's going to finish this season better than he started, along with a number of other players. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that because you've already seen that. You've already seen the progress of him from the start of the season when Robbo came in to now. Before, everyone said he could only play in a three, and now he's playing in a two with Hennigan. I think it helps he's got Hennigan and Woodyard in front of him. But again, I, as I said, I, I thought I, I take crew with a pinch of salt because they were so bad. Yeah, they were awful. And, and now we've got a big couple of games coming up, and that's when we're going to see the fruit of our labours of how good we are. I mean, when do we... I mean. Hartigan and Woodyard are playing 90 minutes every single week. At what point are we going to need to rotate? I mean, I know Marsh has just come back. Are we in a position yet where we need to start thinking about... Road? Bearing in mind, we've seen, you know, the, the, the longer games. Hartigan's had a little niggle, so's, so's Woodyard. Do we dare rotate them? I mean, they've been that good. Or do we just go, do you know what? We'll sit and wait. I, I, think, think... I think Marsh is good, but I don't know how we're going to work around it. Go on, Rob. I think he might play Marsh for the cup game against yeah. Cheltenham as much as we want to get into the third round that I don't think he'll rotate against Fleetwood I, I don't think he'll rotate them at all at the moment I think they both look fit as fiddles I think uh, as they're playing Woodyard's a different player from what I see uh, last season when I thought he was, wasn't that great I didn't get the fuss around him where now I actually see why, what he brings to the team he, he needs fans Woodyard I think where we were playing behind closed doors it didn't really help him where now if he puts a crunching tackle in the fans are up Heitken's playing some of the best football he's probably ever played. Marsh, I think we need to wait for Marsh to be fully fit before we can start chucking him in. And I don't, I don't, I don't agree that we'll rest them against uh, in the FA Cup because that's massive for us. Regarding if we get a third round tie, we're going to have a bit of money, and we might need that in January. So I, can't I get see that. It. I totally get that. But our squad is really, really small, and we can't afford to lose. I mean. But again, we are going to come to us out shortly. But 
the thought of him missing a number of games, I was like, oh my God. Losing one of those two because of an injury because they're overplayed and they haven't... Have they missed a minute or a game? I, I don't, I've barely known... With Jodas, I don't think... I don't think arguing this, but I mean, if they're if they're fit, why why are we going to rest? They're they're fit players. They, I think they're up to it. As long as they are, well, as long as they're fit. But we are obviously in the we have, we've had international week. breaks as well. We've had they've well, we've had, had Woodyard rest. and Hartigan both have knocks during the international week. So Lee. this is worth the risk rather than rotating just in one game in the next two. Bearing in mind Christmas is coming and it's going to be chock a block. Lee, that's on your head now. If one of them gets injured because they're <laughs> playing every ninety. You're responsible. I don't want to say anything, Rob, but I'm glad you brought it up. You keep playing them. You just keep playing them. It's what winning teams do. They just keep playing the same. You don't keep changing it and switch it around. Especially don't change the squad. No, they just play the same 11 every week, yeah? Pretty much. Absolutely shambles. At the end of the day, are we talking about Man City premiership players on 100 grand a week or are we talking about AFC women players? Exactly. They're not fit enough. They need to rotate. I'm correct. No, they don't need to rotate. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Order, Lee. Order. (laughs) What Woodyard needs more than a rest is a song that fits his name that yes. everyone can sing. We were talking about that the other day. We've got a few players who just haven't got songs. Uh, and Alex Woodyard, centre of the midfield. We've got to find a song uh, that, that fits. So that's a sort of call out to the songwriters of the, uh, of the stands. Totally yeah, not, not your, your bog standard. There's only one Alex Woodyard and all that. It no, has to be a proper, no, no, it's got to be proper fresh. song. Yeah, it has to be fresh. It's got to be like the glory days from Because there is a, I think there's yeah. a McCormick song in the work in. It's an Oasis uh, super Ben Hennigan's got an Oasis song. It's which is, give, uh, give me Luke McCormick and it goes a bit like that, supersonic. Yeah. It's decent, Don't mate. I don't know the words, actually. So well, anyway, we'll wrap it up then. When we come back, we'll be discussing uh, Aya Basel and, and Mabudi. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Right, we're back. And as I said before, we're going to be discussing Ayo Basel and Mbudi. And uh, yeah, so if we start with Ayo Basel first. Right, so it's it, not Massau. <laughs> right, anyway. Ayo Basel, is it? Ayo Basel. So he's, uh, Red Khan has now been rescinded. Apparently, a a lot of that is to do with uh, crew uh, because the crew players or the management team said that there was no spitting. So he, yeah, that, that was taken. What's the referee seen then? Uh, that, that's a weird one for me. I don't know what Go he's on, seen. Rob, regards me, to Rob, help me out here. I have no idea what he's seen, but I was convinced that we stand, but I stand very near you. I was convinced that it was a yellow and he was going off the high foot and it would be a yellow each or, or nothing. Looking at the replay, right in front of the linesman, the challenge goes in and Assal's left arm comes across just below the, the neck, top of the chest of the crew player. That's what wound the crew player up, which is why the crew player got up, did a start. There's a kind of strange headbutt movement. Yeah. Um, and then there's that, that handbags at, 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 at five paces. So I thought, in hindsight, this yesterday, I thought, all right, fair enough, it's a red. But the, the ref couldn't see that, so I have no idea where he saw the spitting. Yeah, there's two things that I, I didn't really like. One, I, yeah, what, what the ref seen spitting. This, this, it, to me, it was a second booking. I thought, right, he's off here. One, why is he getting booked in the first place, the first booking, when he's trying to stop a quick free kick? 
Right, the ref said move away, and then he's put his foot out to stop the actual boy, the guy kicking the ball. So that was a silly booking for first place. The second one is why is he flying in after just being booked? He's gone absolutely steaming in. All he had to do was stand there and wait for the guy to control the ball, and then he would have been one-on-one -on -one with him, and he might have nicked it then. Uh, but the other thing I didn't like is when I know he's kicked off kind of thing and because of it, but why is Assel just on his own then and no Wimbledon players have gone over to kind of help him out against four crew players? It, it could be because they saw him do the uh, full left arm chop on uh, on the crew player and thought, oh, shit, it's time I mean, to go. I get that, but you still don't let your, your teammate just get surrounded by hey, crew players. Crew. We're not worried about him from crew, are we? Well, we know uh, Till Thomas Well, we're panicking. It's crew. No, we're Wimbledon, mate. We steam in. It don't matter who it is. And no matter one what they've thing. done wrong. One more thing about why they didn't, because they were out on their feet. I agree. The, uh, I think they went. Intensity. I think they went, we're just going to stay back. You you can have your little row. But there is something on, on under, there is an undercurrent with Vassal. We know that. But the thing that was frustrating for me is, number like you said, the first booking, has he not learned from the Gillingham game? Like literally exactly the same thing happened at Gillingham. Secondly, the penalty with Oli Palmer. Why is he Ooh. moaning with Oli Palmer? Like, don't, I don't know if you saw it, um, Jester, at the other end when the penalty went, Oli Basel's got the right arm, picked the ball up and wanted to claim it. And I was like, what, what, what are you doing? And then obviously the thing at the end, it's just, I think the, there's obviously a little bit of uncertainty and a bit of unrest. And yes, he is a young guy, but we really could do with him learning the lesson quickly because his bookings, luckily, I think, was it yesterday? Is the last game where... Um, what is it? I think it's after yesterday. It's not five bookings as a suspension. It's now ten. I think they've kind of extended it from yesterday. I think it was, but he's on seven already. Seven. And and the good the only good thing is where it's been rescinded now. He doesn't get any ban at all because if the ref had sent him off for a second booking, he'd have had a one match ban. Where now he doesn't get any ban and it's good. But would you would you be dropping him for Fleetwood now with because he needs to be taught a lesson? Because as Danny said, I, I love that kind of side of, uh, of a player. I love that because Wimbledon players always had it. Look at Ben Thatcher, nicest guy off the pitch, but you get him on the pitch, you know he's going to be, a, there could be a red card any minute. I kind of like that kind of side of a sale that he has that little bite, but the stuff with the penalty is absolutely ridiculous. Oli Palmer's a striker. He has, he's been out, he's, you know what I mean? And he, he takes the penalty. It's, it's just what it is. I don't know why he was arguing over that. Yeah, I agree, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't punish him in any visible way to the rest of us. Uh, I wouldn't drop him. I think uh, for me, the second booking that was a red card that should have been a booking, not a red card now is nothing, was I, I'm a bit more relaxed about. It was the first booking because he's, He's got time-wasting bookings. I think that's his third or fourth booking for trying to time-waste. And as you said, Danny, that Gillingham game, he cost us two points as far as I'm concerned. But I think these sorts of punishments, these sorts of discussions, they go on behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, and, I, 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 yeah, I didn't understand. I did see that. I didn't understand why he picked the ball up. As you, Any club should have one penalty taker. If they're off the field, they've got another designated penalty taker. And unless it's 5-0 and you're on a hat-trick or it's some special, it's your mum's birthday or something, <laughs> forget it. It's the it's the, the striker's penalty. But I wouldn't what, I wouldn't drop him. What would you two boys do to then to Assal? What would like no, I know in-house punishment and stuff like that, but how do we kind of calm him down a little bit that we're not losing him for six games? Again, or three if it a straight red, that would have been three games. I and think that's it's tough. Two big games. Been, I mean I, I 
I was going to ask, I presume a referee can't, now he's done the red, he wouldn't do a retrospective yellow, would he? And go, well, actually, the foul was bad. I presume that's... He can't do that now, but on the game he could have done. Yeah, he could have done. But to be honest, he's one of those players where um, he's so close to that line, isn't he? Like, he plays so aggressively. And to be honest, that was the best game I've seen him play in ages. I think he's been poor for the last half a dozen before. Cambridge, I thought he was poor. I thought the um, Sheffield Wednesday game, he was poor. He actually looked proper, looked like he had a rocket and he really got going. I personally feel, I thought maybe he had a little knock and yesterday he might have recovered, in my opinion. I felt that he was always carrying something. Didn't look like he wanted to take that guy on and really stretch him. Felt he always kept kind of come back, but I'm with Jester. I, I, there's no way now I would drop him. What I would like to see, though, and again, I know it's part of the second part of the Mabu Day debate, but there's obviously some sort of disconnect between him and Robbo because, to be honest, a Sal, even on Tuesday, I would have taken him off with 10 to go and play, and play Mabu there had he been in the bench. And I've done exactly the same against Portsmouth. So there's obviously something not quite right there. I think if I was back to your question, Lee, if I was Robbo, I would not punish him for this for that second incident. I'd say, right, from now on, every time you get a yellow card for a time wasting incident, there's a fine, there's a forfeit, whatever it is. You have to sing a song in front of it, whatever. <laughs> there's some forfeit, financial, serious, not so serious, but that's what he's got to learn. I'm I'm a bit more relaxed about him getting a bit uh bit pushy and shovey. It's a bit yeah. Uh, you know, he's a small guy and small guys like uh like me, we you know, we we try to punch above our weight and and so he's trying to flex and say, I'm not one of the little lads. No, I, I get that part of his game as well because you watch big teams like Bolton and stuff, they've got massive centre halves and they think, here we go, we're gonna bully this kid, and he doesn't get bullied. And he, he he's as Danny said, he's on that kind of edge where he has to kind of go out there and prove himself that he is at that level as well, at League One level, it is the silly, stupid bookings, like the time-wasting ones, where he's already cost us two points at Gillingham. The thing is, does he get away with it because it is Ayo Basau and he's so loved? Because I, I think he's brilliant. Everyone loves him to bits. But if that was Mbudi, if that was someone else who has gets a little stick, they probably wouldn't be... Yeah, possibly. Be, ...been getting away with it as much. But that's what happens with footballers, though, isn't it? Everyone knows that. Did you see the stat, though, to go on the other side of it? The Mabuda, uh, Mabuda, um, Asal became the first player to create seven chances from open play for for Wimbledon since the 2011-2012 season. I mean, that's impressive, isn't it? I'm glad you made clear it was Wimbledon because I was getting confused there. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're the, we're, we are the famous Wimbledon. Yeah, but again, again, uh, that was against Crew, the worst team in the league. So I'm not. I'm taking out a pinch of salt again. Well. Well, that's up to you. Let's, let's hope he does it on Saturday against Fleetwood. But let's move on to Mbude. Well, let's move on to him. Right? Where is he? Right. Is it a comms thing? Is he ill again? Because he was apparently missing because he was ill. I've I've heard rumours, and I don't know if anyone else has, that he's he's been, he's hard to manage. And he's got a little bit of an attitude on him. Uh, and it's just weird we're not seeing him. Is he alone that we don't really need to take the chance on him and we send him back in January if we can? Because I just, where we needed, I think you you have him on the, if he's injured, then why not come out and say he's injured? The one thing he's got is blistering pace. I mean, he's seriously quick. And, and the amount of games I saw 
where I thought, wow, just like Rob said, again, I, I'll say it again. For me, he's the AFC Wimbledon version of Andy Clark. He is super quick, running around like crazy in his either offside. The one that drove me mad, I think he, the last game he came on at AFC, he did a great run, got to the penalty area, didn't know what to do, and just ran straight into a defender. <laughs> so I just go around and I'll just try and go through him. Got cleaned up and everyone was like, what are you doing? But he's definitely got something. He's definitely got something to offer. But it, what's worrying is that if he was not deemed good enough to play on the bench on Tuesday, and we had a young lad Jenkins on the bench, plus the sub-keeper, if you like, I just, I personally, I'm concerned. And if we're not going to play him now, and we're not really going to play him until January, or we're kind of, he's that far down the pecking order, personally, I think we can get another loan that could be higher up the pecking order than that, personally. See, my thing is he, he didn't come on on Saturday against Portsmouth. So was he carrying a knock and he is injured? And that's why he wasn't in the squad against uh, Crew. But the problem we got is we hear so many different factors and stuff. As I said, I've heard rumours that he's hard to manage and we're not... Like, Robbo's already said that he had a word of him, didn't he, at the start of the season to get more out of his game yeah. because he wanted to see him do stuff. And we're not really... If he is a loan coming in, we want to see the loans on the pitch because, obviously, yeah. you, you don't get him in just to sit on the bench. Rob, what's your views on that I guess... Well, I'm not... I have no idea. I've got no ear on in the, the club. Um, and I tend to ignore... Start a rumour. Start a rumour now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the contrary, I tend to ignore conspiracy theories. Uh, oh, someone said... Oh, I boring, heard, Rob. I, Start a rumour. I, I heard this. I heard that. So, I, you know, I just think he's not good enough yet. That's why if he's, if he's well and not coming on, it's because he doesn't... He, he, they don't rate him enough. And Lee, you're right. In which case, I would uh, let him go back. Is it, remind me, is it Watford? Watford, yeah. Watford, yeah Watford. I, I let him go back to the club at, at, uh, at Jenny and we try, we try for someone else. Um, I think probably, pretty much most of the rest of the lone players are going to have had a positive experience here, are going to have moved on in their game and their clubs will be happy. Interesting, Felivi was a bit hit, a bit hit and miss yeah. also from Watford. So I wonder actually if that Watford supply chain is going to dry <laughs> up anyway, because it ha it didn't really work for Felivi. He was uh, a not quite, fancy player, lots of lovely feet, scored a couple of great goals. Um, I'm waiting. I'm, we're, we're all waiting for another Bolton goal from Abude, but I think we might be wait we might we might be waiting quite a long time. So my only worry with sending him back and then getting another loan in is can we do that? Because I, I know you get your quota of loans and I don't know if we'll be able to, obviously, you, you'll add five in this match day squad and there's rumours going again that we've got two coming in in January, which could be from Man United because they sent, Cochrane's quite impressed and sent two of their boys down for a week with us to see how the first team works, how it's being amongst the first team because obviously they can't do that in Man U, so they, they've done it with Sheffield Wednesday, they've done it with us. Okay. And obviously he's worked with Robbo before. They like the way we play football. So there's that rumour that we could be getting two loans in. But I'm thinking, again, like if he's not on the bench against Crew, was he injured? And if he was injured, then just say in the no one says anything before the games. So you know where they say, Oh yeah, we've got a fully fit squad, and then suddenly we get to the game and there's like one missing. You're like, is he missing because he's injured or is he missing because he is got that stuff going on behind the scenes? Uh, we, we wouldn't hear it before the game if he was injured because we were stuck in the queue. <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that next as well. But... Oh, just thought you were just, forgive me for cutting across ever slightly, we're talking about loans. What, what do you make of um, Lawrence and Presley? Um, 
I, I'm much happier with Presley now than I was when I saw him in a couple of pre-season games. Okay. Um, I think he is winning. He's winning the flick-ons. The trouble is, if he comes on as a substitute, 15 minutes to go, the players around him haven't got the legs to be in the right positions for his yeah, flick-ons. I agree with that. Um, so it's a bit of a problem. Uh, in front of goal, he should have probably bagged a couple, shouldn't he, uh, yeah. on Tuesday? Um, I think Lawrence is class. I think he's going to end up at a level above where we are. Uh, not yet, but, I, you know, he didn't have time yesterday. So I think we've seen a lot of decent games. I'd be quite happy if he was a solid uh, sort of permanent, semi-permanent of of, uh, member of the team this season. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Oh, I agree. Presley's better, Presley's better with it facing the goal than back to goal. I think back to goal, he wins the flick on. And I think on Tuesday, we won a really good flick on him and McCormick came flying through. But as you said, Rob, when we're 15 minutes to go, there's no legs to get in behind it. So unless you're going to, bizarrely, that's where Mabude with, I think Presley's got to play with somebody else. And I think, I hate to say it, Lee, it pains me, but I think you're right. I think Presley's got to play with somebody else up front with him. Both of you have said that tonight, but uh, I, I just, with uh, Lawrence, I think he's absolutely class. I really do. I rave, I rave about him big time. I think he's going to be a really, as Rob said, I think he's going to be a, a level, but I don't know if he'll make it as a premiership club, but I think he'll definitely make it a level above us. With Presley, I still don't get it. I still don't rate him. He's had, he has one good game in five. I just, I, unless he's playing, unless he's not a target man. So why are we playing, trying to play him as a target man, play him as a two, and we might see a different player? But at the moment, I just don't see the point of him being in a target I man think, position. I think he's stuck between... I think he's almost stuck between two horses at the minute. I don't think he's quite big enough, and I think he's not quite strong enough to be a target man. And I don't think he's quite quick enough to be the guy who legs it around at the top. I mean, his running, he looks like... Him and Richard Butler are the two guys, whoever I watch them, they look the most tired running around. Presley looks exhausted. He's just walking along and Richard Butler was the same. But I don't think, I just feel that he lacks the yard of pace, Presley. And I think he doesn't quite have the strength to deal with a League One centre-half. I think if he dealt with other centre-halves, I think he'd be fine. I think he can win win a fair few flick-ons. I don't think there's a doubt with that. But as Rob said, if he's only going to play in the last 20 minutes, unless there is someone who's fresh who's going to go in behind him, I don't think he's going to be that good holding it back to goal. But again, I can't fault him for effort. The guy runs around, he puts himself in, he's endeared himself to fans with his work rate. But as you just said, it's just the quality. I just him, him and Mabude have got sort of splashes of good stuff. But are they going to be consistent enough to be in the in our team going forward in our best eleven? I don't know. And if they're not. But- Get someone in the real one, in my opinion. Effort only gets you so far, Danny. He's there to score goals and he's not scoring goals and he's not a target man. So, uh, Rob, did you go to the Dartford pre-season friendly game? I think you was there, weren't you? And I, yeah. when I, I turned around to my boy and I said, this this kid's going to real struggle in League One if he's struggling again. I know it was pre-season, his early days, but he was struggling against met, like big men of non-league football who were bullying him about. And I thought, he really is going to struggle in League One because it's just exactly the same. The centre-halves will just... William, and but again, I don't think he's a he's a target man. He should be playing alongside a target man. He'll get onto the flick. He'll he'll score goals, which he has done for Brentford B. But I just I think we're wasting him. I'm a bit of a victim of his poor shooting, actually, because at that Dartford game, <laughs> when they were warming up, I was showing uh, my son something on the phone, 
and uh, he shot, missed, of course, went straight towards me, and I, I couldn't take my glasses off, do anything in time, so I turned my head, smacked me in the ear, and I reckon I was concussed for about two or three weeks. I was feeling a bit dizzy, a bit... So, I, you know, Presley's got a lot to answer for in my book. You should have said something. They would have got you a signed programme. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> 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 right, I had it. <laughs> loving that one. Right, and chaps, let's move on, and, and then we'll come back. We'll discuss the queuing system all round the ground at AFC Wimbledon. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Well, we're back and we're going to be discussing the cues at uh, the ground, getting into the ground, half time, trying to get a pint. Uh, to get to be fair, I've been into the, I love the ground. I think it's amazing. I get there quite early now. I don't go to the local pubs or we stop going to the local pubs to go and spend money at Wimbledon. But you have to get in extremely early if you don't want to queue outside if you want to get food and a pint you have to get in early and i don't think that's the answer because not everyone can get in early there's some people who are going to arrive late from work especially on tuesday nights but the queuing system at the ground now is i saw on tuesday loads of stuff on social media and it just looked ridiculous what like what is happening that it now we're in december what are we in coming up to december aren't we? it's literally the end of the month we're coming into december and you still have to queue for about half hour just to get into the game. It's ridiculous. It is a bit of a pain. I mean, actually, the queues go quicker than 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 they look. So I think, you know, I got there about quarter past seven and the queues were, were pretty long and I had to wait for a, for a mate to come, which was fine. He got there... Uh, him and his daughter got there about 7.30 and then we we joined one of, yeah, I think, to, to go to either four, gates four or five. And it looked long, but we were in, we were in, in I don't know, eight, nine, ten minutes or whatever. And it, it wasn't too bad, but I was saying all along, it looks to me like they're going to have to cut a couple of extra holes and stick in a couple more, pair, a couple of, pair, a pair of pairs of turnstiles to increase the number. I don't, I didn't help because it took me about four goes to work out what I had to do because I, you know, I was tired. It was Tuesday night. Um, so I'm partly to blame. And, but if other people are like me, it will speed up a little bit, but I think we just got to have a couple more turnstiles. I mean, I'm not being funny, but we, we're, we're relatively experienced. Obviously Rob's not, he's only been to a million grounds, but there's no turnstiles. I mean, me and my dad were standing there and like, there's just not, there's, you can just see there's just not enough tight places to get in. I'm amazed in this day and age with all of the technology, there isn't a guy just going zap, 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 like we did before. You've got it, you're putting the thing on the, there's, why have we got two guys zapping you and you've got the two on the turnstile and it's all done. I don't, I don't really get it. It should be like when you go shopping, you just do a barcode. Yep. And you go, yep. And you go, why? I don't get what, I can't understand what the problem is. The, the problem I had on Tuesday was that people, they their tickets weren't working or something, the QR codes weren't working. So they just opened the gate and let people in. And it's like, you don't know if people have got tickets, if they've paid for the right tickets. If You know what I mean? You're just letting in loads of people now to a game that you don't know. Like I went to, when I went to the Geisley game, I bought my family. So me, the missus, uh, my oldest boy, and then my, my youngest one, eight weeks, and my five-year-old, their first games. And we were, but they had to check the bags. Every bag had to be checked, which is fine. I get it. But, 
we've got bags full of milk and stuff and they check and then i think a couple in front of us had a bottle of diet coke they had to take the lid off them and it was a full bottle of diet coke for their like five-year-old son and it's a nightmare to give your five-year-old son a bottle of diet coke without a lid on because they're idiots and, and they spill it everywhere and it's just a nightmare and then you've got that while you're queuing up to get into the game you've got you think what there's five of us being checked by two people on two turnstiles so it just slows everything down there is two turnstiles to let in thousands of people i just don't i know there's another one down by their way end as well but no one ever advertises that and there's again but that's only four turnstiles then to let in the whole crowd it's just man and sorry dan one last point as rob said it, it it was quite quick to get in but say 10 15 minutes to get in then you want some food because it's tuesday night you've come from work that's another 10 15 minutes i remember where was it one of the first games i missed literally five ten minutes of the game because i was queuing up to get chips it's just madness that this is still going on in December. But like we said, like we said when we spoke to Andrew Harding, I can't remember how long it was ago. He was saying that either it will take a certain amount of time for us to get to the point where where the ground is is where it needs to be. But I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've had it August, September, October, four months in. Surely, I know the cosmetic bit it will work when it does, but the ge- the sheer functionality should. I would like to think should be there now. We should be at a position where people can get in, people can have a drink and, and eat or and, and just general experience because we're in a very, very crucial stage of our development where we're having lots of families coming in, lots of people starting to support Wimbledon. And that first impression is massive. And if we're not giving it both barrels, making it welcome, making it enjoyable and making it easy there's a potential where we might lose a very, very, some, some custom, which we are absolutely desperate for. But I kind of understand it if it happens against, say, a Wigan, a Bolton, a Sunderland, because they're massive games. You've got more people coming. But Guysley, when there was only three, three and a half thousand people there, and you're still queuing for ages to get in, or you're queuing for a pint for like, and you just give up in the end. Or Crew on Tuesday, they weren't going to, it weren't that busy, it ain't going to be sold out. Crew are not bringing in many away fans. And we're still just, queuing to get in and if you say about the uh half time i know people now that are leaving five ten minutes before the game finishes to try and make sure that they can get a half-time drink half-time pint and, and with people are saying about pre-pouring the pints why can't that be done because how much money are we losing when we need every single penny at the moment because people cannot get served and long term they'll just go I ain't going to the grand early i'm going to stay at the pub the country house the, the what's it called the pub at the corner bin and not go to the ground early instead because there's no way I'm going to get served if I go in too late. Except because then they'll get stuck in the queue to get into the ground. <laughs> yeah, the I do think just still on the on the turnstile front. So you've got the six turnstiles along the east stands, the two corners and in the middle. I still think that I could have got in there twice as quickly if I was used to it. Because actually, how many midweek games? I don't know how many how many times have the turnstiles been up? Is that the third game? that we've actually had the proper yeah, turnstiles. So I still think it will improve, but I do think we're going to need to add, a, you know, two, four more turnstiles. I think there are more turnstiles in the West End um, as you go up those stairs either side of the shop than there are altogether for the East End, which is worth, which is where the East and South End. So I think that will have to come. Do you think as well, because of the way that the concourse is built, 
that everyone's trying to go into the same place on that corner. Probably where we go, Jester, that one there, because you go further down, there's one, further down, there's one. Do you just think everyone's going in that area? No, no, they're, they're spread out because I, I never go in that corner one because it looks like it's got the longest queue. So I go down, go in gates four or five and it's... It's it's the same. The queue length is pretty much the same. So the ones the ones in the middle don't are not open though. Sorry. The the, the there's the two turnstiles in the middle of the stand are not open. It's the two. Yeah, they are. Well, not 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 when I went last time. They weren't. They might have seen you, Lee, and closed it. I mean, they weren't there. They only had we only had two turnstiles. One in the left corner and one by the away corner. Oh, the ones in the middle weren't open. A crew. They were they were open. So, so and and so I again I agree with you, Rob. That I think. The, the turnstile situation, that will improve. I think that will get better and people will be able to get into the game. But how do we sort out the situation once we're in the game and you want to get food, you want to spend your money at the bar, but you can't because we've only got four bar staff. We have no idea what they're doing. Is it a case that we hire more staff, which costs more money, or we just think of something that doing like half-time four pints? Sell bottles and get on with it. What's the matter with people? What about someone walking around with beers. bottles? Wallop, 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 wallop. If the pints sell out, you can get a bottle, a plastic bottle of it. Someone else said they have people walking around, you know, with the old bottle, the, what you know, like a carrier, you carry yeah, them around. You, you do in America, you've got you know, a bottle of beers, it's, it's a £5 for a bottle, there you go, bang. To Tequila. Yeah. <laughs> what, shot girls? Get some yeah. shot girls going around. Or what's it, like in Magaluf? Yeah, jellies on. At Magaluf, you have the laughing gas. Not, not that I'd know about that sort of thing. No, but... of course you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I just. Uh, that's how you got there, isn't it? Just, it, there's. I mean, that is such a, an easy win. Like, if you're struggling, you can go right. We've run out of taps. Here are the bottles. They're all in the fridge. People, they're all plastic. You just go. There's your bottle. There's your bottle. It can't. I mean, and even you know, have the guy walking around. Do you want a bottle? Here you go. Here. I mean, it can't. It can't be that hard. But the amount of money that we're losing on that amount that on not. Not, people not paying for it. I know we're talking about a beer, but when we could be talking about the potential of it, you know, it, we, we could be talking about a thousand pound a game. Now that's twenty thousand pound a year, and now there might be small shakes, but that's just the, that. That's that one bit. Then it goes. Then you think about it in the away stand, and you think about it before the games, after games, and you think about the food. It all adds up. So I, I tend, I, I tend not to queue for for drinks or food at, at half time at all. So I'm, I'm not kind of suffering for it but uh, the, my question to you two is when you go to away grounds is it ever any better I mean I'm thinking yes. about Ipswich absolutely yes. round I love that sort of round crowned ancient feel but how quick do the do the queues to the bars move at half time when you've got a ground where you've got six seven hundred of us or more are, is it much better anywhere else if it is the answer is simple it's send someone in uh, a management position uh, round to some other game see see how they do it if it's not quicker for me rob though it's not a case of how quick it is we're having guys queuing up and not getting a bit now if it's a speed thing then i get what you're saying and, and look at it but my mates who go and get a drink they go to half time they don't get a drink i mean they go and wait and wait and wait and there's no drink they don't even get one so they wait 15 minutes in the queue getting to the drink and they're not even getting a drink out of it. Whereas at least at Ipswich or Doncaster, you might wait your, your 10, 15 minutes, but at least you walk out with a pint. These guys don't get anything. They're just zero. And, and, and Dan, as you said earlier, if you're a new fan and you're coming and you can't get, you're queuing up for 15 minutes to get a drink and you don't get nothing and you're going back, you're thinking, 
well, this ain't exactly great, is it? I don't I want to be getting a drink. But just on your other point, I've been to many away games, as we'll discuss later when we talk about the 92, 91, sorry. I've Yeah, I, I never find it that hard to get a drink. Never really find that I have to queue and I, or I only get one. Usually, half-time, I'm usually doing one or two, three pints at half-time and a burger and a hot dog. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's Any, anything I, else, mate, you want there? Wow. Oh, I'm, on a, I'm on a away day. I'm I don't know no one else behind you is getting anything. They're waiting to see you. <laughs> I'm on an away day away from the missus, mate. I'm doing what I'm trying to live it up. You have to have a burger and a hot dog. What's the matter with you? Got to have both, Dan. Got to try it. I'm trying them out for the podcast. Of course you are. It's research. Is it a new feature, is it? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be new. (laughs) So you keep eating them like me, mate. I'm eating them as well. And I tell you what, I'm growing new features. I never know (laughs) how. But yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever had an issue really where I've queued for ages and thought I've not got a beer here. And as I said, where, where, where did we go? And it was it was literally bottle service. It was bottles. But you get to, you have two bottles. One person's gone up there. It's in a whip. They're getting and you you're drinking two bottles and that's it. Everyone's at it's me. So quick. It's there, it you, go, there quick. you go next. There you go. There you go next. There you go. And again, not having cash for me, it still does slow it down a bit. I don't know what you guys think, but having the card waiting, has it worked? Has it not? That is easier. But I think it is slower. People might think it's quicker. I still think it's a bit slower. I do. But, I agree with that as well. Was it 10 quid, 10 quid, see you later, gone? It's a, it's a five-second encounter where you've got to ring it all up on that nonsense, but I don't it, know. It I, really I is so. And even, even the food the food trucks are brilliant, but sometimes the queue on them are just unbelievable now. And I, I know they're doing their best and stuff, but you just want a bite to eat. And especially on Tuesday nights when you are coming, you think, oh, I'll make, I'll make it my dinner as well. And it's Do proper I mean? cold as well. Like, Tuesday was the first game I've been to an age when I thought, cool, this is nippy. Like, proper... But, you know, really exactly the reason why me and my old man go to football. It's those sort of cold nights. You're standing there, you're, shout, you're just shouting, jumping. You know, if you all sport one was jump around, everyone's just jumping because it was that cold. The feet was going numb. It was one of those great sort of remembering back when I was younger, going to getting excited because tonight it's going to be cold. Going to have a lot of coffee between the two of us. We're going to sit there, hugging each other up, sort of going to goal. Everyone's clapping just to stay warm. It was one of those days, yeah. I do. I do hope things are going to happen though, because I, I did see a few things on Facebook. Graham Stacey said there's stuff I think going to be coming out regarding getting drinks this way. I'm, I do worry about Gary Milson because he has anyone replied to him on Facebook yet? Because I think he he said it was 48 hours and no one had even answered his question. I do worry about the Milsons of the world because they live for their pints at half time, and if they Let's can't see, get we'll them, see him on Saturday. You know, well, maybe yeah. maybe do a wanted poster on the podcast. Oh, Mil- Milson would always go. It'll, it'll be boring everyone in the East stand till the day's gone. Very he'll, he'll, he'll be yeah. Give him on next it. week, give him a chance to reply. That's what I say. It'll, it'll be like he'll be talking about it on Saturday at Fleetwood. All he'll be going on about is if he got a pint at a crew. But I think I think things will be getting changed, and hopefully they'll be getting. It will get better, but it's just it's December now, yeah. and we're still struggling to serve Chester, people. Do you like Plough Lane? Are you, are you a fan? I am a fan. I am a fan. What's not to be a fan of? I mean, if you're not a beer drinker at half time, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, don't mind yeah. a queue. Then you've got a good podcast to listen to while you're queuing up. Exactly. Nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. Enough said. And uh, and the pizza queue at half time was uh, was pretty short uh, on Tuesday. My brother uh, didn't have to wait too long. Well, if, it's long, if it gets long, just give him a pizza. Your mind. Can I say it's it's mad that we serve pizza at football? Pizza is not a football food. It's not a football food, sure. But it's good because people love it. But I'm not having. You can't. Go on, Rob. You're a purist, rightly. If it's not a burger or a hot dog or a a pie, presumably. Yep. I mean, what's wrong with some gastro food, eh? 
No, I mean, well, like, it's like, when I first like... turned up, I love Plough Lane, but when I first turned up, they were so innocky. So I, I didn't even know. It was, I thought it was pasta, but it's not. It's potato, isn't it? Uh, Lee, it's gnocchi. Oh, here Thank we go. You, Thank God, with a little bit of class. Well, what a silly time. question. Again, you've asked him, does he like Plough Lane? What about if you turn around and said, uh, no, I want to go... I want to he go back want... to King's Meadow. Well, I don't know. He might just go, do you know what? It's great, but, you know, the urinals are too close together. I'm just interested in what Rob thinks. OK, you it's talk true, about the urinals. Yes, let's talk urinals. Let's talk about the urinals. Time. If you're on the end urinal facing in a particular direction, basically, if the door's open... <laughs> yeah, they can that, see you. Yeah, it's oh, all... I can see you. It's a free-for-all, absolutely. In my fair? case, I'm relaxed about that because there's not much to see. But I was going to say... People, to be fair, unless there's any people outside with magnifying glasses, I've got nothing to worry about at the moment. But as I, I said, Danny said, if you're queuing up people, then listen to the best number one unofficial oh, podcast in the world. I'll cringe you. Do you know what I mean? Well, you said it first. Well, no, I just dropped it in as a little subtle sort of, you know, say no <laughs> more, say no more. Number one unofficial podcast. Anyway. Can I, <laughs> before, since we asked, since I was asked the question about Plough Lane, on. there's one thing that really got my goat about Plough Lane on Tuesday night. Well, why'd you bring your goat with you? you left <laughs> and that is our stewarding or safety or security or turnstile system has got to ban drums. Yes. We are an anti-drum yes. club and we should not be allowing drums into the away end. It's sad and pathetic of the away fans. These these drums, if it wasn't for the drums, they'd make no noise at all. It's just annoying, irritating, and and you know. What else should we ban from football grounds? Come on. Mr. Drums. Mr. Bell, Mr. Portsmouth brings that annoying bell, bell with what him. What about you don't like the guy who says, please give me a shirt? I don't like the cardboard. No, it's not WWE. What else do we want to ban from football grounds? Uh, oh, half much. and half scarves. Half the half scarves. Get rid yes. of them. Absolute disgrace. Not acceptable. Half Celtic, half Liverpool. Get over it. Get out of it. Don't want to know. Yep. I'll move you on that one. Exactly. Anything else that we could ban? No. 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 I think apart from that, football's great. That'll do. It's all right. What about away versions of home matches programmes? So you go away to Portsmouth and you're not bothered about reading about Portsmouth in 1973. You just want to read about the Doms. But you buy a programme, it costs you a million quid, and you get half a page. Where actually, <laughs> having a cheeky fanzine-type size at an away game, I, I think know. I think it's all about podcasts now. Listen to listen to the, the best unofficial it podcasts. Podcast. It is, yeah. But the problem, Dan, it's all about cost as well. You've got to do two programmes then. One no, it's for the not, home, one for the away. And then it's you... And then you've got Accrington away and they're bringing out 20 fans and then no, you've got to you do 20. Take Wimbledon do the pod. Wimbledon do the programme and sell I know. it away grounds. Yeah, but that means we've got to do two lots. more money. We've got to do two lots. Yeah, but it costs more money. But anyway, let's move on. Tell me, do you two still go, do you still get programmes? No. Dad does sometimes. Um, but he's only thing, the only reason why dad gets a programme is that he always goes on about it every single time you see any programme seller that once... He bought a program of Paul Cannonby and it goes on every single time. So dad's always goes, Oh, I bought one off the Paul Cannonby once and he gives him his free quid <laughs> every single time we go to it. It could be an old lady, it could be a young player. He always just the same story, really. Starting to trigger with his brooms, just change it around a little bit. 
I, I don't want to say too much because I, I don't, don't want to offend. Don't stop there. Me and Rob will carry on. I don't want to offend Chris Ford, who's a big friend of ours, big friend of the podcast. Come I on, like a few Chris. Times. You be very careful. He's the program that does a great job, but I just find programs so boring nowadays. Well, what, how are you going to make it more exciting? Flashing just, lights, easier words, full of adverts, pronounced people in there. What's going full on? Of, full of adverts. There's there's interviews with players who just bore me. Who cares about the junior dons? What would make you buy a program, Lee? What's going to make you buy a program? What do you need no, to I'm see? Only, I'm only joking about the junior dons bit because I get some stick for that. My boy's in that. So. Well, give yeah. Chris some ideas then when you next see him. The one big one is uh, I know he's been getting a bit of stick with uh, his stats. There's no stats in the program. Okay. All the stats out there. Get some stats in there, Chris. I don't mind. I don't mind the content, but I I, I got out of the habit. I don't know yeah. in the 90s at some point when they hit two pounds fifty or something like that. And uh, so I stopped buying them. So now I get a program at the beginning of the season and a program at the end. And uh, and that's about it. I bought the first program at uh, Plough Lane uh, yeah. thing. Uh, but yeah, I just, it, I, I like to bring back the posters of the players and stuff. And then you can get, oh, yeah. you, you, oh. your kids can get it signed and then they can have it on their wall. I used to have all the players' posters on my wall. Uh, and that was to about last year, really. Do you know what I mean? But well, I oh, all also, players. another thing that needs to be banned is calling Plough Lane new Plough Lane. Ooh. It's Plough Lane. Plough Lane. Thank you. Well, technically, it's Cherry Red Records. But... <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Right, let's move on. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll talk to Rob about the uh, 92 grounds and how he's, how he's been to them all. 91, 91. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Welcome back, and we're going to be discussing the 91 clubs, the uh, going round the grounds. I've got, I don't like the rules to this, but Rob will go through them in a minute because he has done, I understand you've done all 91 clubs. Danny said you've done them with Wimbledon, which I can't, I don't think that's true because you can't have done. Well, firstly, congratulations, Rob. That's an amazing feat. Thank you. Yeah, I I haven't done them all with Wimbledon. I've got about uh, a dozen, 15 or so to, to do with Wimbledon. So I kind of have a, two running lists going but um i i mean I, I i found out i found my old sheet of a4 where i first oh. wrote down the teams <laughs> that i'd seen and i ticked the clubs the grounds i've been to so i did that by the looks of things when i was 17 16 17 and so i've been collecting them since and it's only really about five or six seven years ago where i thought look i'm that close let's see if i can get to the 91 complete the 91 and uh so we've all got different rules i think so my rule is i can't go to a, another club if i can get to a wimbledon game oh that was what he said yeah so one of the one international time, break you must be like yes exactly but one time a few years ago we were at blackpool away but i had a 50th in barnet there was no way i was going to blackpool and being back in Barnet for half seven. But I looked at the fixture list, realised I could drive to Stoke and get back to Barnet for, for half seven. <laughs> so fortunately, my wife is extremely understanding. There's no way I'd have been able to do this without her uh, at least understanding. So the two of us went up to Stoke, drove back, got changed at Torrington services and made the party on time. 
happy days. Got to say, football fans' partners are worth their salt in gold because is that the same? No, so, worth their weight in gold. Weight in gold, that's the unbelievable. One. <laughs> worth their weight in gold because don't go and catch phrase, you'd be rubbish. Literally, some of the like away games I've been Barrow, uh, where is it, Carlisle. And you, you tell them why you're going and stuff, and they just the, the partners are amazing. I've got to say that straight off the bat, she I, is listening. I, so I need to say uh, something a bit more. I mean, m- my wife is really helpful, really understanding. She likes going to to games from time to time, but she can't say that uh, she didn't know what was coming because our first date included uh, a Wimbledon game. We we yes. it was ninety six February the twenty fourth, nineteen ninety six, last minute equaliser against Villa. Um, absolutely going going crazy and so she knew what she was getting into so Rob the question I've got for you is how many of the 91 have you done with Wimbledon um, I think it's about 77 um, I, I've got my little spreadsheet up that's, here now that's a good I've, done, I've done a quick count before we came on on mine so I don't know if this is I think I've done more but I've done a quick count and mine was mine was 63 you take off that club up there so I've done 62 is that is that in terms of the football league now, or I mean, I've done sixty two, but I've also done Barnet in the league, Grimsby in the league. What no. what's your take, Lee? Once they go out of the league, they then don't count because it's not the ninety one Dan. It's the ninety one football league clubs. I get that, but Rob, right. as example, could have done ninety one league clubs, but he might have done a hundred because Grimsby are out, so they're cool. not in it now. So when Rob said he's officially done it. That must be when those 91 grounds were in the Football League. Or, yeah. or, or have I missed... Yeah, it, had to, it had to be the 91 that were in that Football League at that time. At that because, time. say, Grimsby went out of the league, that then means you've only done 90 then, because you then have to do the one that comes up if you've not done it before. But you have, but, done, you have done them in the league. This is what annoys me about... There's a rule on this as well, is that if you've been to Highbury, but you've not been to the Emirates, you've not done Arsenal. That is, one, on that. that is the rule. Well, what you haven't done is the, the latest, the current 91. That's the thing. So that's been, that's why there's a number of those clubs where, you know, I've gone to, there are 22 clubs where I've been to two or more of their grounds. Wow. So, you know, you talk about the other grounds, there's a website called Doing the 92. And it, it ranks, it's like there's a Champions League, a Premier League and all of that sort of thing of, of fans. And for those who've done all the 91, obviously they call it 92, that, that you're next ranked by how many league grounds you've done when they were in the league. And then your third, the third ranking, if there's any ties, are how many grounds you've done altogether. So I've done 210 grounds of 188 different clubs or countries because uh, of course we're Wimbledon fans, we've done loads of non-league. Yeah, grounds. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say about. Them. But also, like with regards to like up at Rotherham, I've not been to the New York Stadium, but I went to Millmore. I've been to the uh, Don Valley. Don Valley, but I can't count Rotherham because I haven't been to the freaking new one. And that's what annoys me because that's a joke. Because I've been to two of the grounds that they've played at. So I count it. I count it in my own special one. So you do. Of course you do. Well, no, because I have been there though. Dan, we've been. Have you been to Highbury? Hey, yes. 
Have you been to the Emirates? Yes. But if you hadn't been to the Emirates, you can't count Arsenal, even though you've been to Highbrook. Well, you make your own rules up, don't you? Just suit yourself, whatever you want to do. Thank you. I yeah, don't, I don't lose any sleep over it. It's Christmas coming up. What's the matter No, you? but I, beating, I'm... A... We've just beaten crew. What's no, the matter with you? This is the issue I have. I am a, I am a ground hopper. Ground, I have my own ground hopping chips on Instagram. I also run a German football stadium on Twitter and on... This is how sad I am. Right? On, on Twitter, German stadiums. And I love German football stadiums. I think they're amazing. I go, Are I'm you winding me up? You actually run a Twitter site about German football stadiums. You must be. This is an It's got six, 681 followers. German stadiums. Go and follow it. I post all. Big family. From non from non league. From <laughs> you got a big family. I just got that ever. From non league all the way up to the Bundesliga. I love German football stadiums. Right. This is this makes me sound really sad. It, but well, I love football. I love football stadiums. Like I've gone. I'm going on Saturday. I'm going to go to Great Wakering to watch Great Wakering versus Hashtag because I've not been to Borough's Park yet. I can tick it off a list of non league. I've been to Batlight. I love football stadiums. I think they're amazing. And it annoys me that some of the stadiums I've been to don't count in the fact that I've been there. So. I think there's there's two things. So there's there's two 92s. You can measure it however you like. So you've been to the 92 clubs and you've been to the current 92 or 91 grounds. You can have it. You're, you're, I'm not, I don't think the, uh, the 92 club aren't actually quite as fussed as they might have been back in the day. The fellow who runs it lives not far from, uh, not far from where I live. I think he's a Palace fan. And uh, there's no, mm. there isn't really a, uh, a snobbery about it uh, I, I think because actually a lot of the ground hoppers have done hundreds of grounds because actually that's what they do there's I think there's far fewer people who've done the 92 who are like us who will go to Wimbledon games whenever we can get to a Wimbledon game and only go to other grounds when Wimbledon aren't playing or they can't get there yeah I've got some quick fire questions Rob about okay. your 92 experience if you, if I may Lee Okay. Yeah. Favorite ground, Rob. You are no, the ninety-two that you've been to. Favorite ground. Okay. Favorite ground of all time. Pro uh, away grounds, probably Highbury. Okay. But um, Fleetwood Highbury, obviously, or <laughs> yeah, no, which, no, what Highbury? I mean, happy memories at Fleetwood, but um, the 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 old Arsenal Highbury. I like old compact grounds. I like I like grounds like um, Villa Park, Goodison Park, back in the day. Um, even grounds where you're close to the pitch, Upton Park, Loftus Road. I love Luton because that away end, yeah. going up to the away end. They're moving, through, aren't they, Luton? They're going moving. through, going through people's gardens to get to your way end. It just, it just, it, I love it. Rob, worst ground, worst ground, worst ground, Gillingham. Yeah, I have on two or three occasions. I have ranted. I've got the stewards. I've asked the stewards to get the chief stewards because the last two times we've been there, <laughs> been a liability. It's it like is rubbish. I got so angry. They treat fans so badly there. You're on scaffolding. It's like, all right, you've, you've had scaffolding for how many years? All right, get a get at least a semi permanent stand. I hate Gillingham. I hate Oxford. Uh, the 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 new ground. Favourite match of, of your 92, Rob? Favourite match? Yeah, it could be any of those 92 grounds. with One that sticks in your head and you're like, yes. Or um, funny, I remember you telling me, Rob, the story about you going up to Walsall, I think it was, or something. You went up on the train, the women and game got called off, and you got on a train quite recently. That oh, was a so story. We were, I think we had a game up in Rochdale, 
called yeah. off because of snow a couple of three That's seasons, it. Yeah, two yeah, or yeah. three Just seasons cool. ago. So I had a look. I was at Manchester Piccadilly. I had only found out from a Wimbledon fan at the station once we arrived. Had a look. Oldham were playing at home, changed plans, got on the tram. And some uh, Oldham fan saw me and figured out what I must be doing. Took me under his wing. He was meeting his parents at the car park in a nice Range Rover. Warm, uh, went, got in the car, met his parents, got right into the car park. They were clearly big wigs at the club. Got invited in, didn't have to buy a ticket, went in, had the hospitality. Uh, Oldham beat, oh, was it something like Northampton or something like that? 5-1. So they, they thought I was their lucky mascot. I had a great day. They were really lovely people. Um, so chalked Oldham off. I know we played there. I, ne I never got to Oldham when we were playing there. It's those sorts of things. I mean, the, 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 one of the great moments, although it was a non-league ground at the time, was Grimsby. Because my brother and I were on the train to Grimsby. It must have been 2000 when that game was called off. We got as far as uh, Donny, I think it was, or <laughs> somewhere like that. Donny was come football, I think I got And to. had to turn back. And Grimsby, it's like... Grimsby, you've got to go to Grimsby Town. What a great sounding football club. You've got to go there. It's by the sea. So, you know, Harry the Haddock. So it was about, I don't know, 10, 11 years later when when this time with, with my son Isaac and, and we went up. And that was, it was such a moment standing by the ground. You know, I got one of those sort of, had one of We're those. Excited. Selfies. You're talking about Grimsby. Mate, I, I love, I've, I've been Grimsby twice. I went up on a Tuesday night, stayed in the B&B &B and we lost 2-0 and got fish thrown at us. And then the other time I went, we lost 6-2 up there and it was... Uh, With Shane Gore, wasn't it? The goalie he, yeah, he came on, saved And it's such a heavy drinking session as well, Grimsby, because it's, yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. So, so Rob, when what ground completed it? What ground was it when you were like completing it? And what happens next? What do you, what do you, what happens when you complete it? Yeah, so basically I completed it. In fact, let me just uh, remind myself. You have to prove it, I presume. Um, you have to send in a spreadsheet with the games you've been to at the ground. Have you the... buggeredly, spreadsheets, you're finished. <laughs> oh, you're right so on one tonight. It. I finished it on the 2nd of April, 2019, watching Swansea versus Brentford. Now, the only trouble about that is I'd done the 90, the 91. The next day, the very next day, was Tottenham's first game in a Tottenham stadium. Oh. And they were playing Palace. So I live in Palace territory here. So I asked everyone I knew, anyone could get me a Palace ticket, even though I knew Palace fans would really want them. Fortunately, one of my colleagues, Penny, absolutely brilliant, uh, top Palace fan, she uh, she and her family are kind of connected enough, you know, and the, the key person who's she's connected to was sympathetic to the story, got me in. Uh, so we met at the pub outside the ground before. And so the very next day I topped it up again. And then uh, and then about six months later, um, my I, I really know how to show my wife a good time. Uh, I took her up to Salford. Well, to, uh, you're lucky. To <laughs> so I've I've now I've got Brentford on Sunday, and then I've just got to find time to get to Harrogate, and I'm oh, I'll be back. You might need I was, was going to say Tottenham is the uh, the best stadium in the world currently. I hate to say it because I hate Spurs. Is it, have you been there? Yeah, I went against Good. Norwich in the cup. One of my mates is a senior goal, and he had a spare seat. And it is it's the best stadium in the world. Of all the new grounds, so I still like older grounds, but of all the new grounds, it, it is the best. It's close. You're close to the pitch. 
So the away fans, it's not like, you know, Old Trafford or, or St. James's Park, the Newcastle one, they put you miles away in, in Old Trafford. They stick you in top tier in the corner. Last time I went to St. James's Park, you were in tier in, eight yeah. in the skies. Um, not like when I first went there and you stood on the Gallagate end, uh, you know, well, in the pouring rain, but anyway. So you're right by the pitch and, it, and it's not got acres it's so different to somewhere like the uh, the London Stadium, where I was sat near the back. I was actually making more noise than most of the West Ham fans, my son and I. But I reckon we were the full width of a pitch away from the touchline. And that's that's terrible. But, but yeah, to be fair to the Tottenham Stadium, the sound was great. It's quite close to the pitch. Enjoy. Well, also, I love is that it's still in the community. Still, you've got the houses around there. And it's one of the things I love about St. James's Park. The fact that I, St. James's Park is for the away end, it's awful. But the fact that it's right in the middle of the town, it's probably one of the, the only grounds in their actual town centre. It's an actual football ground in a town centre, which is just unreal. It's, it's brilliant. So, who's, who else is getting new grounds coming up? Luton, I've read they're getting a new Everton. one. Everton moving to the park, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're moving, moving close to the river. Yeah. Oh, of course they are. Yes, they are. Yeah. Close yeah. to the riverside. I don't know anyone else who's moving. No, I don't. There's there's a couple of non-league teams have got new grounds now, like York City, uh, Boston, Boston United have got a really nice ground. They've got brilliant floodlights. This is our sad. I love stadiums, man. I love them. I think they're amazing. German Not underscore stadiums. If anyone's interested, follow it on Twitter. New stadium every day from non-league to the Bundesliga. And which ground or which club has had the worst upgrade? Like Northampton's ground at the moment is. Oh, I hate Northampton. But oh. I don't know whether the old ground was any good. I, I don't know about upgrade. Um, I loved uh, Shrewsbury's old ground. Yeah, great meadow, yeah. I was just about to say that. Of all the new grounds, it's one of the most. I know a lot of new grounds are soulless, and it's. And having not had our proper own ground in Wimbledon, I'd have taken a soulless. I don't think our ground is soulless, but I'd have taken one just to be back there. But I think Shrewsbury, um, partly because uh, I used to, when I started going to football, I went with family friends, a chap called David Lewis and his son, Ollie, who, who's, a, who's still a regular. And uh, one of my first away games outside of, the, of, of London was Shrewsbury away. We were trying to get promoted from, from the old third division and, uh, or was it from the old second? Well, from the old second division. And we drew one all, but it was great. Anne made all the packed lunch. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and we went up and it was a big day out. So I've got golden rose tinted uh, memories of going to Shrewsbury and, uh, and the new, never win there. Um, the, you know, one of the best times we had was a terrible nil-nil draw because it was the first point we had in ages. Uh, and the ground is soulless. Rob, do you mean Shrewsbury? Because I, I was getting really confused there. There's the oh. question. Sometimes Shrewsbury. Apparently, there are lo the locals call it both. That's what I've been told. But yeah, I've been no. calling it Shrewsbury for Holy, years. Holy, don't, don't flog this dead horse, will you, for God's sake? But, no, I, I was going to say, to be fair, I, even if you speak to Shrewsbury fans, they... They say they prefer their old ground to the new ground because the new ground's in the pretty much middle of nowhere now. It's not really, yeah, I, I agree with that. But yeah, I, I fascinate. I love football stadiums. I said I've, I've been to the Czech Republic to go to three or four, uh, going to Germany in April, and we're, you can get three or four matches in in Germany in a weekend. So 
So you're just going to keep topping them up, Rob, whenever they come out, just tip, tick them and see you later. Have you yes. got to go see Sutton at a league game now? No, I don't think I do. Uh, and actually... The oh, league... well. <laughs> Get the rule book, Rob. Yeah. The 92 club... The 92 club... Um, Where's my do you get like a badge? Is it like an annual curry night or something? You, that you, you, do, you, you, you do can't see us on the podcast, but I'm holding my certificate. Um, and there, there is a pin badge and there's a tie. You um, do get a badge, yeah, you get a pin badge. But uh, no, I will keep topping them up. And I might just, uh, once I'm topped up, I'll probably try and just, uh, I've got about four more to go in the uh, in the National League. I might just do that. Is there a community? Do you like catch up? Do you, or does someone from the 92 come to Plough Lane and you go, look, let's have a, have a coffee or I'll take you along or whatever? I, I would do if it was maybe more active on social media. I think there are, there are people, you know, you, you can, you wear your badge and, and people will know, uh, yeah. but there are quite a few people who do it. How many have done it, Rob? How many have done it, do you reckon? Um, like formally or through your, whatever it is that well, you've done? I am member 1,274. I think it was started in the seventies or something like wow. that. Um, so, and Good. that doesn't mean that that's not, that number haven't done the current 92. But um, as you say, it changes all the time. And uh, because last season, in a lot, quite a few fans will be catching up from last because uh, Harrogate and Barrow, for example. I was going to say, Harrogate coming up is one that most people wouldn't have gone to for it, like Salford as well now as well, because they've only just come through the leagues. And yeah, you think South End have dropped out, which were in the league for years and now they're not in it and Dagman Redbridge drop in and out all the time don't they and things like that so it is fascinating I love as I said I love football stadiums but will anyone want to say one more thing before we move on well oh, thank you for sharing worst worst away experience Bristol Rovers in the, in the rain did you, either of you go to that game I have a decent coat I was wet to the skin it was the people were, were staying in a, in the disgusting porter cabin toilets just to get a bit of uh, a, a dryness for a few minutes porter cabin toilets i think you've sold me on that that's <laughs> wicked yeah. well, thanks for sharing i love the love the stories and i won't lie I've, i mean i've done 62 lee's done one more apparently um but <laughs> you might you might have inspired me to try and chalk a couple off if um mrs baker and bubby let me i'm absolutely gonna chalk them off i think i've got to get i've got to get try and dent it I'd, I'd love to know how many grounds we've like someone like Mikey T's done, uh, especially like Wimbledon fans. As I said before, we're the only team to watch our league go from the step nine of the football league to the premiership. And you think how many non-league teams that we've done, Ash, Cobhams, Rains Parks, Westfields, Debenhams, LC and stuff like that. And just going through the non-league days, we must, I've been to hundreds of football stadiums. It's unbelievable. So... Felton no, was a favourite. I had uh, it was all it was all I had a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and uh, it was great because we were sat on a grass bank. They could run around, watch the planes as they came in. Well, the roof was missed. Someone stolen the roof before, I think. Someone had stolen the roof, so there was no roof on the on the stand. And the other one was with the Heathrow was a was it bed not bed front, the other one Bedfonds. right literally right at the end of the runway. So as the big planes take off. You're watching a game of football. But yeah, right, we'll move on. And then when we come back, we'll have a brief chat regarding Fleetwood on Saturday. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans 
for the fans. Well, we're back and last uh, part of the episode, we're going to be discussing the game against Fleetwood on Saturday. A massive game. Fleetwood are in no form and they've just sat their manager. So yeah. what are we expecting? Are we expecting a new manager bounce from them or are we expecting what we did against Crew? and how Has would we line up? Has someone taken over yet, Fleetwood? Was just caretaker? They've got their caretaker. I can't remember his name, but he's like, I think they were, was he the assistant? Stephen Craney, former player and under-23s coach. Yeah, I was just about to say under-23, man. Has the money run out of Fleetwood then? Because they've no. got up and now they've completely... I, I don't think the money's run out. I just don't think he was as rich as, say, you need to be. I think he was rich enough to get him through non-league and stuff like that. And he, he, Why he's the got stadium, a, build it up, etc. He's got a fair few quid on him, but I think he's probably just reached the limit of where he's going to put enough in now, and that's it. Grayson's as big a name as would come to a low-level League One grand. Yeah. That suggests that they've still got some money to to splash. So I disagree with that because Grayson, I think he's struggling. He struggled in his last job. Where was he? He was at Blackpool. Uh, was he at Blackpool? Where was he's he? I've, everywhere. Grayson. I think now. I think he's League, kind of finding his level now, people. and I think he's having to drop down. And I think you'll probably end up seeing him at Salford or something soon because they're struggling. But what do, how do we how do we expect to line up? against Fleetwood. Are we going with the same team started the last two games? No change for me. No change. And I and I'm, when I mean no change, I'd still keep Osu in. Or I'd put Osu left back and put Lawrence right back. But I, I, I don't, I, I can't see us changing too much. Really. Only, only change I would say is, I'd, I agree with what you boys said earlier, I'd maybe take ourselves out and put Osu on the wing and Lawrence right back. But at the moment, yeah, I can't, can't see why you would change it when we've just... We've done all right against Portsmouth, even though we lost. But yeah, crew, we should have smashed them. So yeah, confidence has got to be going through the boys. Rob? Agreed. Keep the team the same. I think what's going to be really important in terms of is, is Fleetwood's mentality. Yeah. So I think if we go a goal down like we did against uh, crew, even if we then get straight back into it, I think the Fleetwood players will have an element of the sense of belief because they know that lots of clubs when they lose their manager have a new manager or interim manager bounce and they'll think this is going to be us so actually what I think we need to do is is really go for it from the whistle that as high intensity as we can and let them know that we're going to boss this game yeah I agree with that because you look at new managers coming in they they make them they make teams hard to beat so they're going to be hard to beat on Saturday against us. I think I don't think it's going to be a walkover like they've been playing recently. The new coach is going to come in and just try and get a clean sheet, try and keep it tight and really make them hard to beat, which I think is going to be a tougher game than it is on paper. We, I think we need three points. Uh, I don't know what you boys think with regards to predictions. Let's have some predictions out there. I think we win. I think we're going to win and I think that we've had that slump and I said before, as long as you don't have another one of them slumps, I still have no doubt that we're good enough to, to stay up and I think we can stay up relative, a bit more comfortable than we have done. Um, so I'm going to say we're going to keep a clean sheet and we're going to win 2-0. Might be a cagey first half. We'll nick a goal, it'll get stretched and we'll get one more. So I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-0. Oli Palmer not to score, Presley to score a header because I say it every week. Um, so Presley to score a header you heard it here first 2-0 Wimbledon Loving the optimism Danny um, I'm a bit nervous because for the first time in a long time I called it on Tuesday 
someone said, but where's the goals going to come from? And I said, don't you worry, Oli Palmer's going to score two and we're going to win. Um, I do think we are going to win on Saturday, but I don't think we're going to get a clean sheet because I think Lincoln might be a one-off for this season. Uh, so I'll take a 2-1. Yeah, I, I, I think these, the next two games are crucial for us, Fleetwood and then the FA Cup, because after that, we then start playing some really tough games, Wickham, Portsmouth, Accrington Charlton. Play. Oh, Accrington away on Tuesday, isn't it? Accrington on a Tuesday. And they're, they're, even though Accrington are struggling, that's going to be a tough game on a Tuesday night in the Christmas build-up. But I'm going to say, I, I think 2-1 as well against Fleetwood. Uh, and I think Oli Palmer uh, and Aya Bissau. I agree with that. But, uh, of course, if we beat Fleetwood, does that make... Wickham a free hit. There's no such thing as a free hit. Don't start going off. Home. We'll, well, like I said, we're going to beat Fleetwood. We're going to beat Cheltenham, and then we're going to play Accrington. Is it Accrington or is it Cheltenham? Oh, last thing actually on Fleetwood. Here we go. This whole sleepover thing's great, right? And I think it's a fantastic from the clubs. Not overly happy. Our main striker, considering we've got one striker technically who's injury-prone over the last year and a half, is going to be sleeping in a freezing cold stadium directly after a game. Are we... Um, it's a great charitable gesture. Love it. Is, that, is it completely wise? Go anyway. for it, I say. Yeah, it's not wise, but uh, it's probably the right thing to do. And uh, we could get into a big old conversation about uh, the club and doing what's right as to doing what's wise, because they're not necessarily the same thing. Uh... We are the Wombles. We're mad. I know. I t- I, yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I don't think it's wise that our main striker who has been out for injuries is going to be sitting in a sleeping bag in a freezing cold ground when he, we'd rather wrap him up in cotton wool at home. But it's a great cause. It's raising awareness for the homeless. And, yeah, I think, it, yeah, we're doing what's right. And the club always seems to do that. So... Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up, boys. Thanks very much for joining us tonight, Rob. Very uh, interesting regarding the 91 clubs. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, and Danny, have a have a Snickers. I will have a Snickers. Can I just say one thing before I go? Big shout out to my mate Kev on the welcoming of Little Jackson to the world. Congratulations, my mate Kev at work. Uh, well done, Kev. Obviously does the women's team as well. So. Big shout out to Kev. Oh, congratulations. Does he does he listen to the pod? Because otherwise it's wasted. Every week we have a conversation in our office about the pod and he keeps regularly saying, are you going to mention me? And I said, no, but you can come on. So um, he's very keen to come on at some point. But right now he's probably very busy. But big lots of love for that man. And I wanted just to chuck it out. He's an amazing servant to our football club and an amazing bloke to work with. So Kev, congratulations to him and Kels. Congratulations. And boys, thanks very much. Have a good weekend, everyone. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.